Welcome to the Bible Breakdown. It's a black man and woman in America who no longer identify as believers. This show contains adult languages, themes, and isn't meant for children. As black people, we respect the history of the black church in America, but its current state is massively abusive and we think the Bible might be part of the problem. Listen and let us know what you think. Peace. Welcome back to the Bible Breakdown. I'm Kat. And I am Teague. And we read the Bible and let you decide. This is true. Um, Good or not. I try to let you decide. You mostly. I've just already decided. (laughs) My opinions are not hammering people over the head. People hammer me over the head with their opinions all the time. I've been told my entire life that I was born into sin and I'm going to hell unless I do this stuff. All I'm saying is, what if that's not true? Same. Also, I just. Or I'm actually saying like that's obviously not true. I think we've just pretty much proven this is all a game. But, um, I, yeah. Well, I mean, some people. I'm, but and I'm still... not telling people they're going to hell. I'm just telling people like, hey, everyone's kind of just doing whatever like thing they came up with. Yeah. All I'm saying is I just don't. You know, I'm just not convinced. I'm comfortable, even more comfortable today, saying that I am not a believer of the Christian faith um, as it currently stands. I had some issues with that before and um, was going through a time where I felt like I had to appease everyone again. And I'm just not for that, man. I just, that's not me. And I honestly don't want to have people in my life who are like, oh, um, because I'm still going to be like, I'm, th- I think that's where it is with me. Like, I'm, if we have a difference, I'm still cool. I'm still going to be cool to you, but I don't feel like that exists in other people's minds, particularly people of Christian faith. Well, from their POV, you're letting Satan into their lives. You know, like that crack in the faith veneer, like to them, that is literally the antithesis of evil. Although I would counter that using a religious spiritual practice to oppress my ancestors is a type of evil. So maybe we're both right. (laughs) But there's a counter to that, according to because because I've said that to people who like, well, no, Christianity was in Africa far before slavery happened. You got to look at like uh, Ethiopia and shit like that. And it's like. I consider oppressed African women my ancestors, and this belief system was used to oppress them as well. So that's what I would say to them. A lot of those women don't have their clitorises because (laughs) the male god thinks it's too much like a penis. I just want us all to have balance and be able to come to a table (laughs) and have... And and our clitorises. Like those who have clitorises or had them to, to have them. Um... And I would like us to stop demonizing sex. I actually feel like everything that I've asked for on this podcast is, I don't feel like it's too hard. Like I don't, I don't, in the sense of like, I don't think it's a big ask. Like, don't, don't kill people. I don't think so. Stop I think you're demonizing sex. Yeah. Um, don't bring harm to people because they're gay or women or trans or whatever. Um, you know, people are different than you. Um, don't steal people's don't land. Steal people's land and other stuff you know that's not right i think those are like 
don't don't be slavers like don't be human don't traffickers slave people um don't force people into um sexual situations um yeah just i feel like these are all reasonable things these are like very basic human things um i was watching something quick pivot about magic johnson um his son is gay his son is a gay man ej magic johnson was on a uh on a show and they were asking him you know how did you feel about that or whatever you know magic's a likable guy and he said you know i've learned a lot if my son wants to be a gay man i'm gonna let him be a gay man and i said i don't think people want well maybe some people want to be gay but i don't think that's how it works no, I know. I that's why I said maybe gay. that's how that's how you know. That's why it I doesn't... said some people may want it because I've had this. Doesn't kind of, matter how hard you want it. I with you still express that. Yeah, but I can't. I can't will myself gay. Yeah, and I was just like, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that statement, but I do think that his intentions. I like a hard one. His intentions are good, um, and I think that's where we have to meet people. Is like at least they're making the effort. Um, although yeah. I just wanted to clear up, like, I don't think most people want to be gay. Like, it's not, that's not how it is. You know, you just, you yeah. are or you're not. And it's much like the, the, the you know, what is a choice? Your religion. <laughs> like you, even though like you're just kind of handed it pretty much at birth, every person, whatever religious practice you have, very few, some people convert, but like for the most part, people stay in their whatever religion they were born into. And I think that should be a choice, like an actual choice. Like there are a lot of religions that will shun you if you leave. Jehovah's Witness. Uh, Scientology, famously. Oh, huh? I saw something the other day about Scientology. They're getting. You know what? Wait, we need no. to read this damn Bible. But, uh, I gotta find. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to find it right now, but. The- because I will talk about Scientology all day long. To no, you they're feel, they're um, they're under the gun right now for something, some legal shit. Good, they should lose their tax exempt status. Actually, a lot of religious organizations need to lose their tax exempt status. A lot or all Scientology, especially. Here's the thing: there is a practical reason for not taxing churches because we want to keep a line between church and state and once you start paying taxes you are part mm. of you know you deserve to have your political voice heard so have you know giving them tax exempt status is the motivation to stay out of politics but once you engage with politics you need to pay to play so that's my whole they thing like if you want to keep your taxes they do so it's like if you want to keep your tax exempt status stay over there if you want to come play with the big boys then pay up okay well i have a lot of opinions (laughs) last time on bible breakdown um we talked about the fidelity of god his god's fidelity was assured um we talked about the covenant Mm -hmm. renewed in moab and we talked about blessings for obedience Mm -hmm. um and then we talked about warnings for disobedience which there was a the much longer warning yeah there was a lot of (laughs) stuff on there um you know a lot of even in was phrased abuse and being punished for things that um 
And I think we decided that it was just a recipe for failure. Like this actually isn't something like the Lord or whoever wrote this expected people to do. They knew people were going to mess up. And that's how you have the redemption trade of people bringing in the tithes and offerings to get back right with God because you messed up. Yes. I would say that's accurate. I, that's what I took. Yeah. So now we get to, oh, and, and we're reading the New Revised Standard Version. That is true. And this is long. Of the of the Bible. And um, it's, it's not too bad. 30 verses. That's not too bad. Man, my little curse out one, that was like 68. <laughs> like, we'll see. I mean. Verses. Yeah, I think you could do it. Okay, Joshua becomes Moses' successor. When Moses had finished speaking all these words to all Israel, he said to them, I am now 120 years old. I am no longer able to get about, and the Lord has told me, you shall not cross over this Jordan. The Lord your God himself will cross over before you. He will destroy these nations before you, and you shall dispossess them. Joshua also will cross over before you as the Lord promised. The Lord will do them as he did to Shion and Og, the kings of the Amorites, into their land when he destroyed them. The Lord will give them over to you, and you shall deal with them in full accord with the command that I have given to you. Be strong and bold. Have no fear or dread of them before it is the Lord your God who goes with you. He has not fallen. He will not fall. He will not fail you. Cannot read. He will not fail you or forsake you. Then, then Moses summoned uh, Joshua and said to him in the sight of all of Israel, be strong and bold for you are who you are. For you are the one who will go with this people into the land that the Lord has sworn to their ancestors to give them, and you will put them in possession of it. It is the Lord who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not fail you or forsake you. Do not fear or be dismayed. The Lord, uh, the law to be read every seventh year. Then Moses wrote down this law and gave it to the priests and the sons of Levi who carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord and to the elders and to all the elders of Israel. Moses commanded them every seventh year in the scheduled year of remission during the festival of booths. When all Israel comes to appear before the Lord your God at the place that he will choose, you shall read this law before all Israel in their hearing. Assemble the people, men, women, and children, as well as the aliens residing in your towns, so that they may hear and learn to fear the Lord your God and to observe diligently all the words of this law, and so that their children, who have not known it, may fear and learn to fear the Lord your God as long as you live in the land that you are crossing over the Jordan to possess. Moses and Joshua received God's charge. The Lord said to Moses, Your time to die is near. Call Joshua and present yourself in the tent of meeting so that I may commission him. So Moses and Joshua went and presented themselves in the tent of meeting. And the Lord appeared at the tent in the pillar of cloud. The pillar of cloud stood at the entrance to the tent. The Lord said to Moses, soon you will lie down with your ancestors. Then this people will begin to prostitute themselves. Then this people will begin to prostitute themselves to the foreign gods in their midst, the gods of the land into which they are going. They will forsake me, breaking my covenant um, that I have made with you. My anger will be rekindled against them in that day. I will forsake them and hide my face from them. They will become easy prey and many terrible troubles will come upon them. In that day, they will say, have not these troubles come upon us because our God is not in our midst. 
On that day, I will surely hide my face on account of all the evil they have done by turning to other gods. Now, therefore, write this song and teach it to the Israelites and put it in their mouths in order that this song may be a witness for me against the Israelites. For when I have brought them into the land flowing with milk and honey, which I promised on oath to their ancestors, and they have eaten their filth and grown fat, they will turn to other gods and serve them, despising me and breaking my covenant. And when many terrible troubles come upon them, this song will confront them as a witness, because it will not be lost from the mouths of their descendants. For I know what they are inclined to do even now, before I have brought them into the land that I possess, that I promised them on oath. That very day, Moses wrote this song and taught it to the Israelites. <sighs> then the Lord commissioned Joshua, son of Nun, and said, Be strong and bold, for you shall bring the Israelites into the land that I promise you. I will be with you. When Moses had finished writing down in a book the words of this law, to the very end, Moses commanded the Levites, who carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord, saying, Take this book of the law and put it beside the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God. Let it remain there as a witness against you, for I know well for I know well how rebellious and stubborn you are. If you have already been so rebellious toward the Lord while I am still alive among you, how much more after my death? Assemble to me all the elders of your tribes and your officials so that I may recite these words in their hearing and call heaven and earth to witness against them. For I know that after my death, you will surely act corruptly, turning aside from the way that I have commanded you. In time to come trouble... In time, to come trouble will befall you, because you will do what is evil in the sight of the Lord, provoking him to anger through the work of your hands. The Song of Moses. Then Moses recited the words of his of this song to the very end in the hearing of the whole assembly of Israel. Thanks be to God. Man, God didn't think the Israelites were shit. It's like, man, I already know y'all gonna start fucking up. Soon as things start going good, you're gonna forget about me, and then you know I'm a. It's like, why are you? You could change. Like, if people aren't shit, why didn't you make them better? Like, even if they are gonna be shitty, that's still your fault. Like, you're their god. Are you? Or, or were you? Since you're now just committing to them, did you not make everybody like? And let's just say Moses, this story, whoever's telling it right now um because they're referring to moses in the third person so it doesn't seem like moses is writing this so whoever's mm -hmm. writing this down or, or whatever who's telling the story like they're saying like moses wrote everything down and put it in the ark of the covenant or whatever and it's to me if that's true how should i say this like this is obviously not true or good <laughs> That's what I'm trying to say, because even if this were true, it's not good. Like these collection of laws, they don't reflect a society I would want to live in or even visit. God. This is going to seem so blasphemous. God, God feels like Ooh, Pennywise to me. A little Just bit? in the simple fact of like, you know, he's definitely a villain. Like to me, like saying like God is good in this context to me is like crazy. This person is unhit. This deity, it's like ugh. It's like you guys ain't shit. Well, I was just thinking like in the sense of again, here we are. Like God is basically like make sure everyone believes in me and all that type of stuff. And it's just like that's exactly what Pennywise. Like you, Pennywise 
for those who are not familiar, it's from the Stephen King book It. I talked about this last episode. Another, another and It film. or another Stephen King thing, The Mist. But in the film, he's a good, he's a very good writer. Um, prolific. He should have wrote the Bible. Hell no, Pro- <laughs> He was having kid sex in It. But anyway, um. Oh man, like for pages. That orgy went on for a long time. Yeah, but what are you eating? <laughs> it's like a shot glass little dessert thing and it was really good. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> um Sorry. anyway, just in the simple fact of like I feel like Pennywise only has power when people believe or fear him rather. And I feel like that's kind of what it is here. It's like maybe one of the reasons that things are such a threat to biblical god is because like if you don't believe then he has no power it's like you know that saying what's a god to a non-believer the king yeah so what's a king to a god what's a god to a non-believer yeah that don't believe in anything yeah so it's just like from that perspective it's like tinkerbell she'll she'll die if you don't believe in her oh does she die if you don't believe in her you know, like she had a whole movie it. where she was just chilling by herself and her friends. Nobody was Listen, believing her. Listen, I'm talking then. about the old school Tinkerbell, not this new little tart. <laughs> okay, well, I don't know. I didn't watch a lot of Tinkerbell <laughs> stuff. No, once again, it's all mythology. Basically, yeah, as soon as you stop believing in gods, they stop existing. Like There was also a theory that Captain Hook is actually not a villain. I believe that because Peter Pan was super messed up, actually. a lot. And once again... I'm glad you brought that up because when we go back and review old, like media we were introduced to as a child and told who was the good guy and who was the villain, when you're an adult, like you can go back and look at your and stuff and be like, actually, I think the dude who was kidnapping kids and keeping them on an island was the bad guy. And the guy who was trying to stop him might have been the good guy. So that brings me... <laughs> And so that that reminds me of a book I just read where the guy was like, he was helping this guy and um, he took him to the river to help with his fever. And when he was revived, he just thought, just saw a guy in the river. So he starts attacking him. And it's like, well, yeah, a lot of times the people who are saving us, we view them as the enemy because Harriet Tubman used to have to come like carry a rifle because slaves didn't want to go with her because they saw her as the problem and Masser as being the benevolent overlord. Fear is powerful. Um, it is. But that brings me to a semi-political point. I'm not going to get political, Uh-oh. but I was watching Uh-oh. something the other day. Um, I'm a I'm a listener of the Joe Rogan podcast. You can have whatever view you have of him. That's fine. Don't, I don't, I'm not here to protect Joe. Um, he certainly doesn't need it. Joe will be all he right. He certainly doesn't need my protection. But um, <laughs> he was, I don't know, he was talking to somebody on there, and they were just discussing, like, you know, the thing with media is, will get painted this image particularly in america like oh you know russia's bad and they hate us they don't want us to have freedom that's why they're doing what they're doing with ukraine and all this shit and he was like you know it's very similar um and i'm paraphrasing all this but he was very similar when um osama bin laden was alive and it was like you know he it was painted after 9-11 like oh they hate our freedom um you know they don't want us to be free they don't like how we live our lives and shit like that and he was just bringing up the perspective of like you know that's what the media will tell you that's what the politicians will tell you but like when you actually listen to the quote-unquote villains that's not exactly what they're saying like they're actually saying we're doing this because of shit america's doing 
They're like, stop bombing us. And so, and he was like, you know, a dilemma that you fall into, though, is when you try to give this perspective, people are like, oh, you're just offending them. So you're communist now or you're whatever, you know, and it's like, no, I'm not saying that. I don't agree with how these people reacted against America or Ukraine or whoever, but they also do kind of have a point. And I think that it's hard to have conversations because this is what it is. It's really hard to have these type of conversations. It's very hard. People are hurt. Um, nobody, nobody wants to take accountability in today's age, which really fucking pisses me off. I hate. But what if you never do anything wrong? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't, I don't like. Then there's nothing I don't, to be accountable for. I don't like to. I've never done anything wrong. My ancestors have never done anything wrong. I've only tried to help people. People just don't want to help themselves. And I mean, I've literally heard people say this. It's like, yeah, they think the solution for everything is Jesus. So it's like, yeah. And and think about what we just read, like the carnage that we've reaped on so many Middle Eastern countries. Anything about Afghanistan, Iraq, like in South America, like what we've done to them with the drug war and stuff like that, like just ravage them. The excuse that a believer can make in their mind is like they deserve that because they're not believers. And we've just read what God does to people who doesn't believe in him. So there's this rationale where you can kind of like suspend your humanity because your deity is commanding you to be like, you know, fuck those people. They're not, they're not um, favored. And I feel like you I feel are like from a metaphorical standpoint, um, just to kind of drive this point home. I feel like America is almost like the Marie Antoinette of the world in which it's just like, we're these very privileged, um, is, we live in this very privileged society where we kind of benefit from everything. Let's not be too from, hard on Marie Antoinette. Let's just say the entire French court. Well, because I was going to say the let them eat cake thing, which she didn't say. But, but, right, but, exactly. but I mean, but, but, the, but she was kind of a problem, but she was part of a larger problem, yeah. which is treating the peasant class as slaves. And I think that's what America, and using religion to do it. Like, that's what's and, the thing. She was ordained by the church and everyone has to serve the Lord in some and way. My point is not about Marie Antoinette. OK, which unfortunately was beheaded. But regardless, in the French court, I don't know. It might have been the way to go. I kind of feel like England should have done that with their mind. My point is. <laughs> I do not disagree. I think having a monarchy is fucking weird, but it is, um, and you can see why. And it's very the, problematic. A lot of European countries, like they killed their monarchs because it, was like, oh, we yeah. were getting pimped hard. Yeah, but anyway, we talked about this in a previous episode. We didn't give a shit. We did. Um, but the point <laughs> is, like, I think America is very like we are kind of the America and maybe England are like the the royals. And I mean, like society, if we're putting it like that, or like the royals mm -hmm. of the world, we use the rest of the world to kind of serve Fill us. Fill our coffers. Yeah. And, yeah. and it's just like, if, they, if the rest of the world ever was just like, you know, let's all just band together and fuck these guys. And it, it, it well, let's not give anybody any ideas. I don't want to give anybody any ideas, but I'm, it, it is a fear that I think about because it's like, I don't, I certainly don't agree with all of the, shit that happens policies. in policies and yeah. stuff like that so like if we if if we were to get invaded or something like that then it's like but that's not what they see because on their end of the spectrum they're being fed the images of what they Decadent think Americans. america is yeah. like and it's certainly not that's you know what that's why i love art 
for me, that's one of the reasons why I don't think I've ever really been able to fall into tribalism a lot because I've always studied art and especially art around the world. And that helps you see people's humanity. So whenever people are like, ah, the Chinese, I'm thinking about like their artistic tradition. I'm like, they have, and you learn about their history. China's history is like 5,000 years old. They have been a country for 5,000 years. America has just over 200 years. Like that's such a crazy disparity as far as how you're going to view things. Like they very much know that there's going to be a future because there's. Is, is Christianity rampant in China? There is a, okay. So, oh my God, that's such a huge question. So for a, because it was communist for a while and communists were very anti-religion. So for a while, Christianity was illegal in China. And, but you have to think about it from their point of view, which was like, their missionaries that were coming in were causing huge problems. And also it set up a, um, like a um, sort of, um, not a database, God, like a home base for a lot of the European traders who were coming in and selling opium. And so they were turning a lot of the country into drug addicts. And then the way the Bible was interpreted by Chinese peasants is different how, than how it was interpreted by European peasants. So when they learned about the Holy Ghost, they ran with that shit because ghosts are super huge in China. <laughs> so my, my point being, like, when you learn about, like, when they try to make any kind of country the boogeyman, like, I think we've done that with Russia, with China, with the Middle East, with Muslims. Like, we try to turn people into the boogeyman, and it's like, they're just people. Like, nobody is really, it's not like they're inherently evil because they have that belief system. They're doing the same kind. And it's so funny, too, because there's so many similarities between Christianity and Islam. Like, as far as practice, oh, not like, you know, the minutia about who's really God or whatever. But as far as, like, oppressing women and gay people, you know, like. I think Islam has a better uh, dress code, though. Disagree. And also with. um I know it's just something about wearing the, you know, the the, the garb. I it's think a it's, lot of I UV protection for sure. I'll give you that. That's cool. Yeah. But I certainly don't believe in you should have to. Right. Like, there, and that's, that's the And that's the thing. But I think when we learn about each other's humanity and not just the sort of style, like, the same way, like in our own country, we'll be like, oh, I hate all white people or bah, I hate black people or ah, Mexicans. It's like. Man, people are just people and like hate them for the right reasons. There's usually very legitimate reasons to hate someone, but like their skin color or their religion or where they're from, that's usually not enough. Also, I didn't say it last uh, podcast, but I'm going to say it again here and probably more episodes in the future. Get fucking yes, therapy. Yes, lots of therapy. People. Learn to communicate. Mm -hmm. Take not only, not only do you don't, not only do you, should you get therapy, but also take an interpersonal communication Definitely. class like learn how to talk mm -hmm. to other people and have other friends outside of i brought this up last podcast about um a conversation i had the other day but um one of the points we had drove home too was the fact that like one of the reasons we felt like we were so lost as teenagers um is because a lot of the friends that we we got kind of just became our friend yeah. by default we met uh, my fr Same. a guy that i respect a lot he said something about like you know at that age i didn't do a good of vetting process to become my friend like you you just and it's I was, just proximity yeah yeah so you're, you're just become, it's, 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 it's these people here 
But at a certain yeah, point, you so, do have to go beyond that. But do you, because I want to get this in before the break. This whole song. Sorry. Oh yeah, I was cooking. You but, were, I mean, but yeah. we had, the whole point is through the Bible. We just don't like doing it. Deuter- we should take a poll. Do y'all care about the Bible the at this point, point? Or do you just want this, good talking? It has to have Bible in it or it's not the podcast. Deuteronomy 32. Give ear, O heavens, and I will speak. Let the earth hear the words out of my mouth. May my teachings drop like the rain, my speech condense like the dew, my gentle rain on the grass like showers on new growth. For I will proclaim the name of the Lord, describe greatness to our God, the rock. His work is perfect, and all his ways are just, a faithful God without deceit. Just and upright is he, yet his degenerate children have dealt falsely with him, a perverse and crooked generation. Do you thus repay the Lord, O foolish and senseless people? Is he not your father who created you, who made you and established you? Remember the days of old, consider the years long past. Ask your father and he will inform you, your elders, and they will tell you when the most high apportioned the nations, when he divided humankind, he fixed the boundaries of the peoples according to the number of the gods. The Lord's own portion was his people. Jacob allotted his share. He sustained him in a desert land, in a howling wilderness waste. He shielded him, cared for him, guarded him as the apple of his eye, as an eagle stirs up its nest and hovers over its young, and as it spreads its wing, takes them up and bears them aloft on its pinions. The Lord alone guided him. No foreign God was with him. He set him atop the heights of the land and fed him with produce of the field. He nursed him with the honey from the crags and with oil from the flinty rocks, curds from the herd and milk from the flock, with fat of lambs and rams, fashion bulls and goats together with the choicest wheat you drank fine wine from the blood of grapes. Jacob ate his fill. Jeshurun grew fat and kicked. You grew bloated and gorged. He abandoned God who made him and scoffed at the rock of his salvation. They made him jealous with strange gods, with important things they provoked him. They sacrificed to demons, not God, to deities they had never known, to new ones recently arrived whom your ancestors had not feared. You were unminded of the rock that bore you. You forgot the God who gave you birth. The Lord saw it and was jealous. He spurned his sons and daughters. He said, I will hide my face from them. I will see what their end will be, for they are a perverse generation. Children in whom there is no faithfulness, they made me jealous with what is no God, provoked me with their idols, so I will make them jealous with what is no people. Provoke them with a foolish nation, for a fire is kindled by my anger and burns to the depths of Sheol. It devours the earth and its increase. It and sets on fire the foundations of the mountains. I will heap disasters upon them, spend my arrows against them, wasting hunger, burning consumption, bitter pestilence. The teeth of beasts I will send against them with venom of things crawling in the dust and the street the sword shall bereave and in the chambers terror for young men and women alike nursing child and old gray head 
I thought to scatter them and blot out the memory of them for humankind. But I feared provocation by the enemy for their adversaries might misunderstand and say our hand is triumphant. It was not the Lord who did this. They are a nation void of sense. There is no understanding in them. If they were wise, they would understand this. They would discern what the end would be. How could one have routed a thousand and two put a myriad to a fight unless their rock had sold them. The Lord had given them up. Indeed, their rock is not like our rock. Our enemies are fools. Their vine comes from the vine stock of Sodom, from the vineyards of Gomorrah. Their grapes are of poison. Their clusters are bitter. Their wine is the poison of serpents, the cruel venom of asp. It is, it is not this laid up in store with me sealed up in my treasuries vengeance is mine and recompense for the time when their foot shall slip because the day of their calamity is at hand their doom comes swiftly indeed the lord will vindicate his people i have compassion on his servants when he sees that their power is gone neither bond nor free remaining then he will say where are their gods, the rock in which they took refuge, who ate the fat of their sacrifices and drank the wine of their libations? Let them rise up and help you. Let them be your protection. See now that I, even I, am he. There is no God besides me. I kill and I make alive. I wound and I heal. And no one can deliver from my hands. For I lift up my hand to heaven and I swear as I live forever when I wet my flashing sword and my hand takes hold on judgment i will take vengeance on my adversaries and i will repay those who hate me i will make my arrows drunk with blood and my sword devour flesh and with the blood of the slain and the captive from the long-haired enemy praise O heaven his people worship him all you gods for he will avenge the blood of his children and take vengeance on his adversaries he will repay those who hate him and cleanse the land for his people. Moses came and recited all the words of the song in the hearing of the people. He and Joshua, son of Nun, when Moses had finished reciting all these words to Israel, he said to them, take to heart all the words that I'm giving in witness against you today. Give them as a command to your children so that they may diligently observe all the words of this law. This is no trifling matter for you, but rather your very life, though it, though it you may live long in the land you are crossing over the Jordan to possess. Moses' death foretold. On that very day, the Lord addressed Moses as follows. Ascend this mountain of the Abram Mount Nebo, which is in the land of Moab, across the Jordan, and the view and view the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the Israelites for a possession. You shall die there on this mountain. <clears throat> you shall die there on the mountain that you ascend and shall be gathered to your kin as your brother Aaron died on Mount Hor and was gathered to his kin because both of you broke faith with me among the Israelites at the waters of Meribath Kadesh in the wilderness of Zin by failing to maintain my holiness among the Israelites although you may view the land from a distance you may not enter it the land that I'm giving to the Israelites thanks be to God Whew. that was a lot yeah, it was a lot. Man, God's been pretty fiery lately. I mean, you know, it's a lot of changing of the guard. It's a lot going on. He's stressed. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Stressed. And then, I mean, again, last, um, what I was reading, I mean, he already knows, like, when Moses is dead, like, they're going to start fucking up. So it's like, 
<laughs> he's kind of pissed. Like Moses was down for anything. It would be like starting a marriage in your vows. You'll be like, man, I know you're going to fucking cheat on me, but I'm still going to enter into this marriage, though. But here's what's going to happen when you fuck up. It's like this isn't giving sincerity. Mm. No, that's getting married and say, I'm definitely going to cheat on you, but here's what's also going to happen. Da, 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 da. People get married, and I think it's an, it, some things are unrealistic expectation, and it was going to lead mostly into a polyamory talk. So there you go. That's the That's the analysis of it. Well, I think a lot of this is about setting unrealistic expectations so that we feel constantly inadequate and have to seek redemption at the altar of the Lord. Well, this is why I try to push the therapy narrative, because I think a lot of this interconnects with the insecurity of people. And I think that, you know, we're, I think we all can be insecure about things. Um, it's hard being a person. It's hard being a person. It's amazing. I'm not constantly insecure. I would recommend faking confidence. That's the only way to get it. I don't know if that is it, but I just have, I literally, Everyone who's acting confident is faking it. I'm more and more convinced of it, except for like sociopaths. Like, so am I a sociopath because I really like, walk into rooms and it's like shit that other people give a fuck about or like be so hyper aware. Like I just mean, I don't give a fuck. Like probably then I, <laughs> I probably then I, I honestly have this conversation with myself sometimes because the things that worry a lot of people, I'm just like, okay. Well, I think you've just worked out a lot of your shit. Right. So you just realize there's only so much energy in the world. And if I spend energy about worrying about this, I can't worry about the stuff that really matters. Yeah. Yeah. That is so, exactly it. Like I choose not, I, I'm trying to choose better what to give my energy to. Like, I don't want to sit in constant, just this, this mental gymnastics of like, well, this must mean this because they said this and this and this. And, and this is like, who has time for that? Nobody. That's who. But I realize that I'm a I'm around <laughs> I'm more aware of it because I'm around a lot of people, particularly women, who yeah. who 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 Grr. do feel like that. Like, <laughs> you know, like the way that they interpret things and the way I interpret things is different. And so it, it can cause a conflict. And then even with men, like sometimes the shit that men, you know, just it's this this whole thing about what it means to be a man now. And it's just like, dude somebody being gay or a woman having more rights and empowerment that doesn't mean i'm less of a man i don't know well it does in the eyes of the lord <sighs> and that's the lord has been telling you to run these hoes like if you've been paying attention like first off they don't need to be speaking up at the meetings and these assemblies like they don't even say it like it's just purely understood this is all men the elders if I was all a church stuff. like if i really just got into this shit Man, I probably would be great. You would be so good at church. But I just—that's not the type of faking. I don't. I don't like the fake things. I know. I wouldn't. Because did you watch Hunt for Jesus? No, Save but it's yourself. on Peacock, and I just got a six-month subscription for only twelve dollars. So. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I did that yeah. too. And, oh, watch Bel. I watch Bel Air. Oh my God, I've really been enjoying it. I'm gonna finish but Atlanta first because it's we a better need to show. Really, definitely do a review. 
Oh, I do need to watch yeah, it. That, fuck, about that, but that's that show. Be, I have to concentrate so much to watch it, though. Yeah, like, show, it's so layered. And I usually have to watch it twice. Well, I watched it on a plane. So, like, you know, I didn't have shit else to do. Yeah, that's the perfect place. But yeah. I'm not done yet. I actually I have a few episodes left because this is the last season. And I just want to say that there are some black entertainers out there. Donald Glover, Jordan Peele, who I am just like fucking fantastic. They those are master craft artists, creatives. And I oh, just yeah. um you know, you look at stuff like that and it's just like, man, if I And for all the other unfamous geniuses. They, yeah, out there, those two. I'm just naming really, a couple um, and even like yeah. um Viola Davis. I just know I I'm saw Woman enjoy King it. and I saw Viola Davis do her fucking thing. Yeah, and I'm that just was like, fantastic. man, she's just a master. A master. Yeah, she's so, awesome. Yes. I love all those people. So yeah, there's a lot to do there. But yeah, in Hong for Jesus though, it's this kind of thing of like just doing that front fest. You know what I mean? So that you can have the privileged position in society. I think a lot of the attractive part of religion, because obviously people wouldn't do it unless part of it felt good, right? Yeah. Like we're talking about all the negative parts, and to me, that's what to me makes it a non-starter. I don't care how many good things you get out of it. To me, anything that endorses or doesn't come out against things that are important to me, like, for instance, slavery, don't like it, like Bible, super cool with it. Like, so I don't really care, like, if there's enough, some other stuff in it that's good. I'm like, eh, things are only going to be so good when you allow slavery. I, I predict us having more um, hitting ahead in the future. I just started taking business classes. You know, they... They <laughs> they think differently. So <laughs> Of course. Like there's not it's business, it's not ethics. It's well, not humanity, it's not right. morals. Like capitalism is like based on exploitation. That's why it goes like slavery works great in capitalism. Mm. Like it's actually the best system for capitalism. It's just not the best system for people. And like all these tools, capitalism, the economy, those are tools to help people. Like we don't serve the economy. The economy should be serving us. As well, far as I I'm see currently it. helping someone write a paper about how prison is just, you know, modern day slavery one and and two, oh, sure is um, this big money maker. Also, um, someone I know, um, they saw Hong for Jesus, but they're also very Christian. And I think that the element that you took from it probably went over their head because they were just like, oh, it was okay. <laughs> so I think I don't, I don't think they went into it with the same mentality. Sure, sure. And actually, it's really the um, director, Adama Ebo. She's I looked into her. She's super fantastic. And it was funny because she said she started questioning church when they started preaching against Harry Potter. She was like, I don't know about all this. <laughs> oh, so this was like years ago. We brought th we brought well, that up before, making... too, about Harry Potter was like a like a. Yeah, but she was just talking about like in her own journey and stuff like she just was like, mm, I don't know. And so she's always she said her big thing is just always questioning power structures. And to me, well, I think I don't like anything where you can't. I think you said this before, too. You don't like it when you can't ask questions. Yeah, I, I just think no, nothing and no one is above critique. Like, that's just not like you shouldn't. And I don't think it's helpful to want to live your life like that. Like, why would granted we all like it doesn't feel good for people to say you've done something wrong i am i i get no, i, I struggle with this all the time like i don't want to feel mm -hmm. like that but i also don't want to not grow because i feel like then 
why would I only want to keep everything the same all the time? Which is another reason I question the power structure of monogamy and all these other things is because it's just like you have to examine yourself and then examine the system and how you fall into that to, to make it better. So I don't know. That's just kind of where I'm at with it. Hey, well said. Okay. It's, I guess my turn again. There we go. Oh, another song. It looks like, and it's so fucking long. Actually, it's not that long. It's only 29 um, verses, but it just feels longer because it's Uh. for you all will not, be able to see this entirely like we do but unless you want to to, i'm using the U version um bible.com app um but the way this is structured is different than the other verses so and i really encourage people like research for yourself to see if you think this stuff is true like generally people who make it a point to understand this stuff generally agree that moses and the exodus story myth also just you, even those who are listening to this, we are so grateful for you. But also, like, you don't have to just go off what we say. Like, don't just have the buck stop there. Like, also, yeah, continue to do your own research and come to your own conclusions and let's have a discussion about it. Yeah. I Hopefully like it. one where, you know, we can ask questions and not just kill each other. Yeah. I don't like killing. Uh, Deuteronomy 33, Moses' final blessing on Israel. This is the blessing with which Moses, the man of God, blessed the Israelites before his death. He said, the Lord came from Sinai and dawned from Seir upon us. He shone forth from Mount Paran. With him were myriads of holy ones at his right, a host of his own. Indeed, O favorite among peoples, all his holy ones were in your charge. They marched at your heels, accepted direction from you. Moses charged us with the law as a possession for the assembly of Jacob. There arose a king in Jezeron, where the leaders of the people assembled, the united tribes of Israel. May Reuben live and not die out, in e- and not die out, even though his numbers are few. And this he said of Judah, O Lord, give heed of Judah and bring him to his people, strengthen his hands for him, and be a help against his adversaries. And of Levi he said, Give to Levi your Thuman and your Aram to your loyal one whom you tested at Masai, with whom you contended at the waters of Meribah, who said all of his father and mother. I regret them not, he ignored this his kin, and did not acknowledge his children. Wow. For they observed your word and kept your covenant. They teach Jacob your ordinances and Israel your law. They place incest before you and hold burnt offerings on your altar. Bless, a, bless O Lord, his substance and accept the work of his hands. Crush the loins of his crush the loins of his adversaries, of those that hate him, so that they do not rise again. Of Benjamin he said, "The beloved of the Lord rests in safety. The high God surrounds him all day long. The beloved rests between his shoulders." And of Jake of Joseph he said, "Blessed by the Lord be his hand, with the choice gifts of heaven above and of the deep that lies beneath, with the choice fruits of the sun." and the rich yield of the months with the finest produce of the ancient mountains and the abundance of the everlasting hills with the choice gifts of the earth and its fullness and the favor of the ones who dwell who dwells on sinai um let those let these come on the head of joseph 
on the brow of the prince among his brothers, a firstborn bull majesty in his. His horns are the horns of a wild ox. With them he gores the peoples, driving them to the ends of the earth. Such are the myriads of Ephraim, such the thousands of uh, Manasseh. And of Zebulon, he said, Rejoice, Zebulon, in your going out, and Issachar in your tents. They call people to the mountain, there they offer the right sacrifices, for they suck the affluence of the seas and the hidden treasures of the sand. And of Gad, he said, Blessed be the enlargement of Gad. Gad lives like a lion, he tears an arm and scalp. He chose the best for himself, for their uh, commander's allotment was reserved. He came at the head of the people, he executed the justice of the Lord and his ordinance for Israel. And of Dan, he said, Dan is a lion's whelp that whelps from forth from Bashan. And of Naphtali, he said, O Naphtali, sat it with favor, full of the blessing of the Lord, possessed the west and the south. And of Asher, he said, Most blessed his sons be Asher. May he be the favorite of his brothers, and may he dip his foot in oil. Your bars are iron and uh, bronze. And as uh, your day, so is your strength. Uh, there is none like God, O Jezeron, who rides through the heavens to your help, majestic through the skies. He subdues the ancient gods, shatters the forces of old. He drove out the enemy before you and said, destroy. So Israel lives in safety, untroubled in Jacob's abode, in a land of grain and wine where the heavens drop down dew. Happy are you, O Israel, who is like you, a people saved by the Lord, uh, the shield of your help and the sword of your triumph. Your enemies shall come fawning to you, and you shall tread on their backs. Woo. You know, it just sounds like he's just giving sort of like the final blessing for the different yeah. tribes. I wonder how he broke that up, because, I mean, some people got more stuff said about them than others. You know, God loves to play favorites. <laughs> it was Moses. And he kind of did kind of shade Judas, like his number's kind of low. Maybe he hasn't been all that faithful to the Lord. Yeah. Because, yeah, the womb hasn't been opening it up enough over there. Oh, you know what? This is something I forgot from the last chapter. Uh, it was uh, Deuteronomy 32, verse 4. I like this one. The rock, his work is perfect. In the context of, like, the rock Wayne Johnson, that's true. Whenever I hear the rock, I'm picturing the rock. I want to see Black Adam. <laughs> you really think he's perfect? His work is his work is perfect. I would disagree, but he's a he's a. It's as close to perfect as you can get. He's pretty much the biggest movie star in the world. Least, uh, maybe currently, yeah. I like The Rock. Whatever. Yeah. I mean, whatever. I do too. Like, let's give yeah. it up for The Rock. His work is perfect. They're as perfect <laughs> as it gets. Like he he keeps. I mean, I if nothing else, you get to look at The Rock for ninety minutes. Gosh. <laughs> as bad as the movie is. He's still pretty. I mean, he's so charismatic. He is. For me, he'd be a good preacher. No action hero will ever top Arnold Schwarzenegger. I don't give a shit what anybody says. Yeah, he's fine. He's fine. I don't really like listening to him. No. Like, to me, it has to be a full he, package. So I like, um, you know, who would have been a great action star? You know, who would have been a great action star if he hadn't beat up Rihanna? Chris Brown? Yeah. You would have been a fantastic action star. Based off Takers? Yeah. And watching it, like it's fun to watch him. Like he in, in him in a movie, like because I feel like you have to be able to have those moves. It's just like Tom Cruise, like he would be really good because he could, you know, he's really fit. He knows how to move. He's fun to watch. He's dynamic. 
Like I would watch movies with Chris Brown in them. I mean, I don't approve of what he did, but I feel like a lot of niggas beat up women yeah, I mean, and we don't stop over, fucking with them. That's over 10 years now. Like, It's ho- not a length of long- time thing. And also, too, he's got it, other it's issues. It's not. But I'm just talking artistically because I don't like getting into people's personal lives. Can we let that man lives. live? Yes, obviously. But like, uh, can we let these girls live? Like, <laughs> yeah, Brianna's flourishing. She's a billionaire now. She just dropped her. new like, music. Of she's fine. She's not, and I'm not saying like she deserved any of that or anything, but she's in a privileged position. She wasn't dependent on him. She made her own money. Like she was fine. Like a lot of times when uh, like the less famous girls he terrorized, like they didn't do so well. So I'm just saying and like, but what does to this me, have to do with the price of tea in China? I'm just saying I would still like watch him in a movie. Like, I'm not saying I would support him, go to a concert, but I'm just saying as far as movie stars go. go And, like, um, and also, too, I just don't like concerts. I'm just saying, like, Chris Brown. And you know what? Chris Brown hasn't done anything that the Bible wouldn't disapprove of. The Bible's, like, all for beating people. Like, they're really into it. (laughs) And especially women. He beat up two. You know what? Let me not even. I'm not even going against any of this. Yeah, I'm not gonna say anything. we're not even here to talk. Anyway, about. I was just like a one, point. I don't like, disagree with you. Two, I don't want to say anything that's gonna feel right. Like. Let's talk about what's gonna happen next time on the Bible breakdown, which is Moses dies finally. I feel like he died a long time ago, then they brought him back subtly, but whatever. We're repeating a lot of stuff. Like they have to reset the story. A lot of this is creating he's dying infants with buried. repetition <laughs> like that's a big part of this and then god gives the keys to joshua and then they're going to prepare for an invasion and then they send some spies to jericho i we've talked mm. about this before we think it's kind of messed up that um oh actually because that'll uh oh man should we just do let's just do deuteronomy 34 because the next chapter oh, is, yeah. yeah and it's I super short i'll do it real quick here we go Moses finna die. Okay. Deuteronomy 34. Moses dies and is buried in the land of Moab. Then Moses went up to the plains of Moab to Mount Nebo to the top of Pisgah, which is opposite Jericho. And the Lord showed him the whole land, Gilead as far as Dan, all Naphtali, the land of Ephraim and Manasseh, all the land of Judah as far as the Western Sea, the Negev and the plain, that is the Valley of Jericho, the city of the Palm. <clears throat> the city of palm trees as far as Zoar. The Lord said to him, This is the land of which I swore to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, saying, I will give it to your descendants. I have let you see it with your eyes, but you shall not cross over there. Then Moses, the servant of the Lord, died there in the land of Moab at the Lord's command. He was buried in a valley in the land of Moab opposite Beth Peor, but no one knows his burial place to this day. Moses was 120 years old when he died. His sight was unimpaired and his vigor had not abated. The Israelites wept for Moses in the plain of Moab 30 days. Then the period of mourning for Moses was ended. Joshua, son of Nun, was full of the spirit of wisdom because Moses had laid his hands on him and the Israelites obeyed him, doing as the Lord commanded Moses. Never since has there arisen a prophet in Israel like Moses, whom the Lord knew face to face. He was unequaled for all the signs and wonders that the Lord sent him to perform in the land of Egypt against Pharaoh and all his servants in his entire land and for all the mighty deeds and all the terrifying displays of power that Moses performed at the sight of all Israel. Thanks be to God. All right. So he's finally out of here. Yeah. 120. That's pretty old. 
And I like that they point out, like, they're, they're doing a lot of dick writing for Moses. I mean, which rightfully so. He's dead. Never got a, a prophet like him. <laughs> never was there one again. Um, it's also very convenient that Till no one Jesus. knows where his burial site is since, you know, once again, probably myth. And um, what else? Yeah. That's it. All right. So it's kind of shitty. Time. God didn't let him go to the new land, though. He really did, you know. He he did a lot of murdering for God. He did. Put in a lot of work. He did. Did a lot of hits. He did. And uh, took over a lot of land. He did. Did not get to see the promised land, though. He didn't. But, you know, we got this new guy, Josh. Joshy. He's ready to, <laughs> he was ready to take over and start killing on behalf of the Lord. Yeah. So, um, I guess since we just knocked that one out, so there'll be the spies sent to Jericho by, uh, under Joshua's rule. There'll be good commissions to Joshua, mm. preparations for the invasion. This is all happening the next time, by the way. Mm-hmm. And then there will be Israel crossing the Jordan. Mm. Well, so there'll be a lot of movement, a lot of excitement. So we're not believers yet. So far, I've found the Bible very unconvincing. I'm still pretty sure the reason that my family are Christians is because we are the descendants of enslaved people who um, were given the Bible so that we would stop rebelling against our white masters. True. But guess what? We are six books in now. Yeah, we are. Man, we're so holy. Yeah, we are six books in. So this is a... It's only taken, you know, almost two years, but yeah, here we are. Listen, we've still done a lot more than a lot of Christians have done in their lifetimes. One of my experiments is coming up is, um, I was, I mentioned this before, I was given a book to read by C.S. Lewis. Mere Christianity. Yeah, I'm going to. There's an audio book of it on YouTube. Oh, awesome. So I might be just checking that out. Yeah. Um, Um, but yeah, I'm going to be reading that and then I'll bring some stuff. Um, and I'm going to listen to it too. So we can do a review of it. That's what we do on this podcast. We do Christian reviews. The other podcast gets the fun books. Got it. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yes. And I'm sorry you signed up for the sucky podcast. (laughs) We should just, we should just start watching bad Christian movies. That is actually one of my favorite podcasts. God awful movies. Well, uh, where they just every oh, week man. they review bad Christian movies, and it's just one of the highlights of my week. Our own review because when I was in LA, I our own review of what? Of a bad Christian movie. Oh yeah, yeah, sure. I'd love to yeah. do. Actually, I'd love to make. You know how like they made like the scary movie series, like or not another scary movie. Like that was a. You would like to do that? That was for like a, a parody movie? of Scream. Like yeah, I want to do a Christian movie parody. They're so <laughs> bad. Like that actually would be hilarious. Yes, it would. And it's funny because they have the idea of like Christian movie bingo because there's certain <clears throat> tropes that always fall because they have like cancer mom. Because a lot of Christians think like people are non believers because they lost someone in their life and are mad at God. And so mm-hmm. um, there's all this stuff. Um, oh, we, and one of my favorite episodes was Loving the Bad Man, which was about this woman forgiving her rapist and having his baby. Yeah, you told me, you, you mentioned this that one I don't is, know if it's been on the podcast, but that that's, one, wild. that's a wild concept. It actually. was, and what was it? I think Billy Baldwin, was, or one of the Baldwins was in that too. Stephen Baldwin? One of the lesser Baldwins. That's such a wild concept to me. Yeah, it, it really, really is. And like watching it play out on film, like really telling these stories, like, 
the people who make these movies, they're so earnest and they're not thinking about how poisonous the message is. Like to them, there's nothing. I mean, the book, you know, the Bible's made it very clear. There's nothing more important than obeying the Lord. It doesn't matter how many human beings you have to annihilate or destroy. Which is also a wild concept. But the the movie I want to, if we are going to start doing reviews of bad Christian movies on here or and or books, um, Angie, Lost Girls. Um, I worked for a day at this production company in LA and um, this was one of the films by one of the writer, director, producer people, the, um, the lady who owned the company essentially. And um, I, I spent the whole day watching this film and then, um, yeah, it was not, it was not a good film. <laughs> it was not. It was. Uh, it's about sex trafficking, and you think, oh, okay, this. Oh, deep. you showed me the trailer for that. I was like, I cannot. <laughs> but like, I would love. I've I've always wanted to talk about this sure. film because I think it's basically like Taken, but with no action. Oh no! Uh, with no with no hand to hand combat action, um, insertion of Christianity, and um, yeah. So, you know, I just want to talk about this film. For sure. I think we should do it. I think we should uh, definitely start reviewing uh, Christian movies, but we still have to read the Bible, though. That's like our vegetables, and the movies will be dessert. Yeah, but now we can take what we've learned from the Bible and make it applicable. Yes, exactly. To these movies, exactly. We we will have the context that everyone is always telling us we're missing. It's like, well, you're reading it out of context. It's like, no. Or, you know what? I have an off, um, off mic idea to do for that. So, okay, let me stop recording. Um, okay, bye, guys. Um, uh, Bible Breakdown uh, podcast at gmail.com. That's where to find us. And your body belongs to you. And also, get therapy, everyone. Man, it's good. Rub it all on you. You deserve, right. let me put it this way you deserve ther- therapy. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a good I way think that you deserve you it. Deserve you deserve therapy and your example will influence others. Yep. Just like I was influenced by I had therapy yesterday. It felt great. Um I also have therapy tomorrow and maybe Friday. So yeah, it was so funny. My therapist like read back my goals to me and I'm like, so funny. <laughs> So, like, one of my goals was to make enough money so I don't have to live here. Like, in America or just Indiana? Yeah. What, what is, yeah, like, America or Indiana? I'm just, I think I'm looking for the undiscovered country. I might have to make my own. Like, most countries are male-dominated and horrible. Okay. Yeah. Well. We got one of your goals. Um, mine was just to, I have so many goals for therapy, but most of them are just like, um, there's this Reddit thread called Am I the Asshole? And they kind of describe their situation. And then, you know, people give feedback on like, were you the asshole in the situation or somebody else tripping? And that was really just my goal for therapy. It's like, I, I feel like a lot of times I'll go into a situation and I'll, you know, deal with people. And it's like, am I crazy here? Am I the asshole? Or is it like, Am I just surrounded by idiots or am I just surrounded by people whose whole goal is to misinterpret, misunderstand what you're saying? Are they trying to be confrontational? All these things, you know, because, again, like, I feel like I'm very insightful. I feel like 
I've done a lot of therapy. I try. I certainly try to go into situations and be respectful of other people. I'm not perfect, and I'm not always the kind of person who's like, "Hey, how you doing, everybody?" Like, I'm not always like that. Like, I have to intentionally go in my mind and turn on that switch. Sometimes I just go in a room and like I just want to just chill. Mm -hmm. But we live in a society where you're very. If you do that, then you're like, if you're off, if you don't automatically. Yeah, then your people think like, "What the fuck's wrong with this person?" Especially in and the Midwest, like, like you're not allowed to yeah, have like yes. just which is yeah, and it can it can it can start to feel fake. Like you're, I'm, you know what it is, cat. I'm cool to talk to when it's not about you. What? <laughs> when it's not about that? When it's not about that person? Like when I can, I'm like they love how insightful I am, how like cool and all this stuff I am until. That is pointed oh, on yeah. you, and I'm talking about something that you've done, like, fucked up. I recently heard that very sentiment um, on the Drunken Nights podcast, when I'm trying to, you know, have them on ours. Yeah, please come yeah, on. Yeah, um, King K made the point that women want to hear about your feelings unless it's about them. Then they don't want to hear any of that oh, shit. Man, that's a bar. It that's is. A bar. And I, I made him say it twice because I was like, oh, there's something very real there because honestly when I've been in relationships I haven't been super interested in notes about me because nigga I've got a <laughs> log book on you okay because it's like it doesn't mean like you can never say nothing but I have so many and like his thing would always be well can I just say something about you without you saying something back it's like no like I'm always going to talk back because your criticism of me is directly yeah, related to you it's not like it's coming out of thin air or like a lot of the stuff it's like it's my reaction to things so it's not just me pulling that out but it's not to say like you should i shouldn't you and honestly you should be able to critique and actually we talk about this all the time the idea of critique because that's how you get better and so especially in like artwork in project and designs you have to have peer critique peer review so that you can like you said, go to the next level. Is you know, like there's levels to this shit, but I think this is why men and women we have to hone our communication because it's not like I don't want any notes. That's not how I really feel. It's just a lot of times men don't understand how we're interpreting interpreting what they're saying. A lot of the times, that's been my experience. But okay, but we've had an example of this because before I used to do the thing where I'd be like, "Oh, is that what you're wearing?" And, and like I'm, I'm, I would say it exactly sure. like that. Oh, that's what you're wearing. Is that what you're wearing? And every woman is like, well, "What's wrong with what I'm wearing?" It's like I just and it's like no, I'm, I'm literally just asking. Like, is that what you're wearing? Like, I'm not asking because what you're most really asking interpret- is what time can we go? Yeah. Ultimately, yeah, because you know if that's not what she's wearing, changing is going to take some time. There might be a different hair and makeup. Yeah. Wait, so what you really want are wanting to know is what time are we leaving? What time can I realistically tell people we're going to be there? Or what time should I be ready to yeah. go? Like, that's what you want to know. But when you ask, is this what you're wearing? Because when women ask each other that, we're being shady. We're like, oh, you're wearing that? It's like, oh, shit. <laughs> like, but I'm not. like I know, I know. I've spent, I know. My, I've spent my life saying phrases like that where it's like, the, it should just be a question that you can just take and be like, okay, this person is asking me really what I'm wearing. 
but that's not how it's interpreted. And like, that's where I often have come to bring this all full circle, have gotten into therapy because I'll be in moments where I've done shit like that. I'm like, am I an asshole? And then this creates this whole thing. I'm like, stop being so fucking sensitive. Like, I'm literally asking you, is this what you're wearing? Can we go? Yada, yada, yada. But your solution to that, which I've since used multiple times, has been, hey, Helsing, you think you're ready to go? Yeah, that's which is fine. But it's also like, but if you understand from the POV of women where we're constantly being bombarded with messaging, both audio and visually, that we don't look good enough, like no matter what, how beautiful a woman is, she still doesn't feel beautiful enough. We see it with like the women who get cosmetic surgery and the constant makeup buying and the hair and the, there, it takes so much to get to a point where I actually, that's why men. I've changed my stance on makeup too, by the way. Oh, what's your stance on makeup because now? of a woman. What's your? Well, you know, I, I said I hated when women wear makeup. I feel like you shouldn't wear makeup. I feel like, um, I just felt like it, uh, Honestly, in real life, it doesn't always look as good as it does on camera. Right. Um, or in a filter. Which we've had this conversation about, you know, that. But my stance was changed by a woman. I was watching something. She was like, you know, men tell her, don't wear makeup. And she was like, look, I wear makeup because it's like part of my creative expression and like the things I do with it. And I was like, you know what? As a creator, I can understand. As an artist, I understand. And so, like, that kind of shaped like me being so judgmental on like when women wear makeup hmm. okay i mean i don't I, I for me i feel like you just don't go overboard like it should be tasteful and just not so much that it like gets on people's yeah, clothes like because my biggest thing was like woman's not trained the same every woman sure, is not trained to put on makeup sure. the same but every woman's every not woman, trained hygiene the same but every so woman it's like, is pretty much getting the messaging like you don't look good enough like you need to spend this money you need to do this if you want male attention if you want to be beautiful you need to do these things so when your man is coming to you and saying something that you've heard multiple times from other women that has triggered you and made you feel less than and then he's saying it doesn't matter his intention you're immediately like well what's wrong with what i have on where you're not this even is my you thing, don't though. even care what she has on you're just like i just want to know what time we're leaving because and, and that's why men who are successful with women a lot of times like because that's the other thing too i spend time around men who just don't know how to talk to women at all and i'm not saying there's not women who don't know how to talk to men like we have to learn how to talk across populations that's what we need to all learn yeah it's really it's really hard out here most people suck <laughs> but anyway um all right so that was a long-winded goodbye until next time bible breakdown and bible breakdown at gmail bible breakdown podcast at gmail.com <laughs>